You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. We've been talking, everybody say hope lives. And so next week is the finale of my series on Hope Lives. Uh, if you bought a T-shirt, you know, you've been there, bought the T-shirt, wear it. And so uh, we're going to, um, you know, one of the things about T-shirts that I guess everybody's doing it is that it does give an advertisement. And someone looks at that and hopefully they looked at your T-shirt and said, what that's about? And you can tell them all about Jesus from that. And so uh, we've been talking about uh, a living hope. And uh, we gave you this definition of hope. It's a joyful what? It's a joyful, confident expectation. So God's kind of hope is a joyful, confident expectation. Now, when I first came in these circles, um, I heard about hope, but I heard about hope in a very negative way. And because there is this truth, truth a, a worldly hope is when someone, you ask them, well, you know, in church, even you say, you know, is God going to bless you? And their answer is, well, I hope so. Or someone says, you know, is your, is your child ever going to come back to the Lord? And you say, well, I hope so. And, and or, you know, they say, you know, uh, uh, are you, are you going to be blessed to be a blessing? Well, I hope so. What is that kind of hope? That kind of hope is a no-go hope. That kind of hope is not, that's not Bible hope. That's a worldly hope, and really what you mean is, I doubt it. Really what you mean is, I don't think so, but it's, instead of saying, I doubt it, or I don't think so, we say, hope so, and that kind of, was a common, and it still is, a, a common book, vocabulary we use. But that's not kind of the kind of hope we're talking about. Everybody say, I have a living hope. Why do we have a living hope? Because Jesus is our hope, and Jesus is resurrected from the dead, and Jesus is alive, so you have a living hope. Come on, turn your neighbor and say, your hope is alive. Hope is alive. Why? Because Jesus is alive. And so someone, uh, and so with that um, hope, it's a joyful, confident expectation. But other people, and sometimes us, have, you know, have been hopeless. There's a lot of hopelessness that's going on around us. What is that? That's despair. That's anxiety. Now listen to me. I talk about this quite a bit just because it's me, it's where I came from. And it helps paint a picture. Sometimes, you know, I've been doing this in November for 25 years. And so a lot of you have been coming around and, you know, you hear me. And so we, we talk about faith and uh, expectation and joy and I jump around and scream and all that kind of stuff. But there was a day in my life, there was a season of my life when I had everything but I had nothing. Um... I was a college graduate, had an accounting degree, got a job in Indianapolis, Indiana, moved away from the farm, moved to Indy, um, moved to the big city, got all brand new clothes, got all brand new car, lived in a brand new uh, apartment, everything brand new. I charged it all, couldn't pay for any of it. And so all that time. But then there was this. So I finally arrived and I arrived empty. I arrived a sinner. I arrived, even though I had everything, I literally had nothing. I don't know how I got there, but I was at a very hopeless time in my life. A very desperate, depressed time. I would go to work, do my job. I was great at it. But then I was just very depressed. Very, didn't want, and, and seriously came to a point where I really contemplated not living anymore. So I'm not up here preaching about hope versus hopelessness with someone who has no experience with it. 
I was hopeless. See, hope doesn't come from a job. Doesn't come from a career. Doesn't come from a new car. God wants to give you all that, but only after you have his kind of hope. I really do know what it feels like to be hopeless. I do. And so I've, as I've been doing this, this message becomes really important to me. Because if I was there, and if you're there right now, I can help you through the word of God get out of it. I'm grateful for my sister who wouldn't just leave me alone. I'm grateful that I got drugged into a church just like this. And even though I thought that it's all crazy. What? What are you all doing lifting your hands and, and, and singing songs that like are exciting? I thought church was quiet and subdued and nobody said amen. And it didn't last very long. And I had to kind of rearrange my thinking of God and that he wasn't against me. He was for me. And I, I, I began to take my hopeless life and watch God turn it around really in an instant, in a moment. I went from being a hopeless person to a person of great expectation in a living God. And I want that for you. And then those of us that are in this room. Now, if you're in this room right now, probably you are a born-again, spirit-filled believer who trusts the Word of God. But in this series, in this time, I want you to understand that I also know this. Because I can't stand up here and lie to you. In 25 years, I've had choices of being hopeless again or being full of expectation. So when I first heard, you know, when I first came around um, teaching on faith and different things, really there was only one scripture that I heard on hope on a regular basis, and it was Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. And so that's where I want to start with, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. And you've all heard this scripture probably before, and it goes like this, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. Hope deferred. So now we have two choices here. Is this Bible hope or is this worldly hope? Now, I've always heard this taught as this is worldly hope. In other words, when you hope on something. One of the things you'll learn about the enemy is he tries to make time your enemy. Because, see, if he can extend the fight... If he can extend the time that you see the answer in this natural realm, if he can, can just to elong, if he can just make it longer and harder and more intense, then that's one of the things the devil will do. What am I talking about? If you've been standing for your marriage, you know, for three years, you know, you heard a great sermon and you believe God and you got it, I got it, I got it, but it hasn't shown up yet in the natural. It's still bad. Your, your physical healing, your, 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 your wallet, your, your child that got hit with a stupid stick, whatever is going on. I mean, you know, your career is not taking off. Your God supernaturally gave you a business, but you're 10 years in. And where is this abundance, you know? And so what is that? That's, you can look at it this way. That's hope deferred could make your heart sick. And then, yet, but when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. Or you can look at it this way. 
Now, I've really never heard this taught, so I ran this by my wife because I really don't like to be teaching new things that I've never heard before because usually that means you could be wrong. But I have looked at this. Now, now listen, stay with me. This word hope is the Bible word for expectation. So see, if you're really in expectation, it can't be deferred. If you're really in Bible expectation, because uh, my wife and I have been talking about this, you know, faith, hope, and love, the three work together. So if you're really in Bible hope, now it could be, listen, it can be translated as this. If you're in natural hope and it just, there's no Bible hope in it and you're just like, well, maybe I hope so. And as time goes on or it's deferred or it keeps going and going and you don't see it, then your heart will be sick and you'll let go of your faith and you won't receive it. But also this word deferred is the word mashak. Everybody say mashak. I don't know why. And it means to prolong, to remove, or to delay. And it does mean deferred, and that's how most translators of every uh, translation, it's deferred. But part of this word means to remove. If I remove my hope, if I remove it, it will begin to make your heart sick. If you, if you have Bible hope and you remove it, if it's prolonged and you really you lose your hope, you lose your Bible hope, it will begin to work on you where you let go of your faith and it will begin to make your heart sick. Now, I want to tell you something about this. This is what, you know, King Solomon, this is what Solomon was telling us through, through the Spirit of God is how many of you know that you've got to hold on to your hope? You've got to hold on to your expectation because faith, hope, and love work together. And so yet I was thinking about this and meditating on this because I've been there before where the promise seems so I'm just going to be you going to be I'm going to be real with you today. All right? I want to help you. Cuz see the Bible is not meant just for a lesson. It's meant to help you. It's meant so you can live this. This is not religion. This is God's instruction book to help you through Monday and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday, and then come get some more. This is like halftime of a football game. Now, at our halftime, we're always winning. All right? Even if the scoreboard looks bad, we're always winning, and we're always going to win. But I want to tell you something, though, because I've been there before in these 25 years of pastoring that, you know, you had something, and, and you could get sick about it. You could let go of it. And I don't know that I've always been the best at this, but I'm still working. We're still growing. And this message is helping me just as much as it's helping you. I've got to maintain my hope. Now, there was a man that I admire very much. If I said to you, King David. King David was a man after, come on. When you hear King David, what do you think about him? He was a man after God's own heart. And also, when I think of King David, because I preach on a lot, I think of the giant killer. I think of the guy who just won battle after battle. I, I think of the guy, you know, uh, who was down at Ziklag and everything looked bad. And he went in front of God and God said, go get him and take him back. I, oh, I think of this man who can just do anything. Now, I know he messed up, you know, with Bathsheba. But even that, after that, you know, he, he, he got it back together. Amen. So when I think of King David, a man after God's own heart, I think of the giant killer. I think of, oh, he's good. But can I tell you that King David had to fight with hope deferred makes the heart sick? 
he really fought with this. Probably more than you and I realize how this man fought with the things that came against him, against time, against things that were trying to put him down. I want to take you to two Psalms. I want you to look with me at Psalms, chapter, uh, the 42nd Psalm, the 42nd Psalm, and we're going to also look at the 43rd Psalm. And so here, um, David it's so Psalms 42.1, as the heart pants for the deer after the water brook, so pants my soul after the O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When, I, when shall I come up and appear before God? All right, let's look at verse 3. Here's the man after God's own heart. Here's the giant killer, the zigzag winner. My tears have been my meat day and night. What? This mighty warrior, a man after God's own heart, he spent all day one day crying. He got a box of Kleenex. I'm sure they didn't have any back then. He got, he, he got some, and he just cried all day long. He cried. Now, see, let's just be real. Don't raise your hand. I mean, the temptation, I mean, he was really going through something. He was really going through something. And so he said, my tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say unto me, what? Where's your God? And so I hear people saying to him, but then his emotions are saying to him, where's your God? Where's your God? Where's your God? In other words, you've been believing for something and your expectation is in God. But the hope deferred makes the heart sick. In other words, he's got a battle right now. He's got a battle right now. Do I keep trusting God? Do I keep my hope in God? Because the Bible says that he'll never disappoint you. If your hope is in him, he'll never fail you. He'll never let you down. And yet he's got a battle right here. And this is where people went and in this room... This is where you're going to win or you're going to lose. Because every one of us has this. I have this. You have this. We have things that come against us. Time has been elongated. The devil hates you and he's trying to destroy you. He's trying to get you to let go of your dreams. Let go of the word of God. Where is your God? Where is your God? Where is your God? That's what the devil's trying to do. That's what circumstances are yelling at you. That's what your wallet yells at you. That's what your child that's away from God is yelling at you. That's what your spouse, who you're believing God for, will get back to the things of God. That's what that's yelling at you. Where is your God? Where is your God? So David's got a choice, and you've got a choice. Where is your God? And then he said, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude and went up to the house of God and the voice of joy and praise with the multitude kept the holy day. And then when he was in the congregation, I like verse 5. And this is their choice. You either wallow in it and agree with your circumstances, agree with the devil, agree with Job's comforters. Where is your God? Where is your God? You better answer it. Just like Jesus answered the fig tree. You better answer it. Where is your God? Well, let me tell you. This is what he said. I love that. He grabbed a hold of himself. He said, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. In other words, I'm going to make a decision. 
to not let hope deferred make my heart sick. I've cried night and day already. But I've made, even though I went through a whole day, wasted a whole day, joy has come. I choose. See, joy doesn't come in the morning unless you choose it comes in the morning. Joy doesn't just show up. You got to choose it. 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 It'll come in the morning if you choose at midnight to say, I'm done crying. I'm done. I, I'm not going to cry anymore. I'm not going to give up anymore. I'm, I'm tired of messing around. I'm tired of the devil. You know, I, I'm tired. But see, David's just a man like you and I. He, he, he had that, that day. <laughs> Have you ever had a day? Maybe you had a week. Maybe some of you have had a month. Maybe some of you had a year. But you're going to decide today. You're going to decide today. You're going to decide today. Hope thou in God. Hope thou in God. In other words, my expectation is in a living God who never fails, who never lets me down. Amen. He just had to make it up his mind. And then, and then some other things. You know, he said, oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. But then he said, I'm going to remember something. And he's going to remember what God did. And he said, deep calls unto deep. And then, um, and then he said, the Lord commands his loving kindness. But then in verse 11, he said, why art thou that cast down? So he had to talk himself into it more than once. Why are you cast down? Even after he was encouraging himself, he still had to say this. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are there disquiet within me? Hope thou in God. I will yet praise him. I will yet praise him. I will yet praise him. I will yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. In Psalms 43, judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. Deliver me from the deceitful and the unjust. There's deceitful people trying to unseat him. For you're, God, you're my strength. But listen, he's still dealing with it. This is how he felt. I know us good word of faithers, we're taught you can't say how you feel. Well, that it's, it's, you can't talk about it all the time. But you can, sometimes you've got to admit where you are so you can get over it. I get it. Confession is so very vital and important. But it's to me, it's like this. Now, if you're new to it, listen to me. It's like this. Don't go to a doctor and a doctor says, so why are you here? Well, I don't know. I'm healed in Jesus' name. <laughs> what, what's, what's your symptoms? I don't have any in Jesus' name. They might look at you strangely, and they should. There's nothing wrong with telling somebody what's up, but it's not something you want to talk about over and over and over again. And even when a doctor gives you a bad report, you know, don't get up and slap them or anything. Say, come out of him in Jesus' name. I mean, don't do that. If they give you a bad report, you can answer it with the report of the Lord. And for you to say, I'm not sick in Jesus' name, I'm not sick in Jesus' name, I'm not sick. That sounds like faith, but it is not faith. That's denial. And if you continue to deny your problems, they're going to they're gonna keep coming. You can't deny your problems. Jesus didn't deny the fig tree, didn't have any fruit on it. He didn't say, there, I see fruit in Jesus' name. I, I mean, in my name, I see fruit. That's not what he said. He answered it. He answered it. Denial 
and you hope it, you and, and the, using the hope in the worldly way where you just hoping something's going to happen. That, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about an expectation, a joyful, confident expectation in God and his word who will never fail you, never let you down. But you see, David, he had stuff. This, this mighty warrior, this king who was known for a man after God's own heart, he had some stuff. And he said, he's like, God, why would you cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? And then he got a hold of himself again in verse 4. Then will I go to the altar of God. Unto God my exceeding joy. Everybody say joy. My, and he said, I'm going to get that harp out. I'm going to get that harp out. Some of you don't got a harp. And, you know, I don't know how you can really do our kind of music today with a good harp. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you can do that. But, and you don't have to play an instrument. So I can't sing. Send the praise and worship team. Red Rover, Red Rover. Send Ted right over. No, there, or, you know, sometimes we always get something. You know what? The best thing you can do is lift your own voice. You don't have to sing good. You don't have to know all the words of a song. Just, just worship God. Just lift up your voice. Amen. And so um, I'll go to the altar of God, and there's joy there, and I will praise him. And then he did it again. Why are you cast down? Oh, my soul. Why are you? Dis- Can you tell if you've lost your hope? Can people around you tell if you've lost your hope? Why? You're disquieted. In other words, I can look through the windows of your soul and see what's going on. I can tell by the countenance of your face. You can tell by your own. You need some people around you to kick you in the behind when you are wanting to have a pity party. I do not like people to sit around and have a pity party. Well, Pastor Mark, you need some compassion. If Jesus was here, he'd kick you in the behind too. You don't like that? I don't care. The truth is, because see, while we're down and we're moping and we're sad and woe is me, and I, I get it, David was there, but he had the ability to say, you know what? Stop it. You're going to hope in God. You're going to hope in God. Soul, why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I will yet praise him. It's a choice. It's a decision. Joy is a choice. Joy is a decision, and I get it. Sometimes you don't feel like it. Sometimes you want to cry, and sometimes David did cry, but you can't stay there. You can't stay there. You can't stay there. You can't stay there. You have to shake it off and say, hope thou in God. My expectation is in a living God who never fails me, who never lets me down, who will never leave me where I'm at. He's always going to take me to the finish line. Amen. Hallelujah. Hope in God. Hope in God. I'm going to praise him. Who is the health of my countenance? Come on. When you start praising him, what does joy do? What does joy do? Well, Jim told you this morning, it calls your harvest in. See, you're fussing and howling and complaining that this ain't working. But if you'll just get in a little bit of joy about it, if you'll just begin to rejoice about it, it calls, 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 it calls. Your harvest in. Hallelujah. You got 
something going on in your body? The Bible says laughter does good like a medicine. Like a medicine. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. Laughter does good like a medicine. Amen. Amen. Before you know it, everything begins to change. Why? Because you're rejoicing with joy. You're rejoicing with joy. Receiving the end. Receiving the end. Come on, the devil works overtime to keep you and I, our countenance fallen. He, he works overtime to try to keep you depressed. Come on. What, what happens when you get depressed? Nobody wants to hang with you. Is that true? Do you like to hang around with people who are sad and, and, and always talk? Whoa, I mean, nobody likes that. So what's the devil doing? On purpose, he's isolating you. Because the more he can get you alone, the more he can get you depressed, the more he can defer your hope, the more he can take that hope away from you. He knows it's going to cause you to crash and burn. But if you can stay around people, that's why David's like, oh, they're all going to church. I'm going with them. I don't feel like it, but I'm going with them. I don't want to, but I'm going with it. Don't you tell me to praise one more time. But since I'm here, I guess I will. I guess I will. I guess I will lift up my voice and praise God with you. I don't feel like it. I don't want to, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it anyway. I will praise God. I will praise God for the health of my countenance. I will praise him. I will praise him. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Last week you guys got something special. I had to I had to catch the first service up. Y'all been getting special stuff. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I was sitting over there in between services two weeks ago, and uh, Pastor Ron and I, you know, be, us both being preachers, some people wonder, do we have these spiritual doctrinal conversations. We do every once in a while, not, not real often. But you see, really, this Hope Lives series is really, in 25 years of pastoring, I've really never taught on hope. If I've ever mentioned hope, it's Proverbs 13, 12. Don't let your hope get deferred because it'll make your heart sick and just kind of, you know, Faith, hope, and love. Yeah, I know it's in there, but I don't understand it. So we'll just call it, you know, maybe the Lord was faith and love, I get. I don't understand much about hope. I did. And so now I, I do. I'm excited about it. And so we were talking because I said, well, faith, hope, and love. You know, faith, you know, we know how that works. Hope is the expectation. Faith works by love. They all work together. And I, I said to her, well, I think hope comes after faith. She said, well, I don't know. You know, I still think maybe it comes first. And I'm like, no, I think it comes. You know, so we were talking about it. And then really the Lord said, really they work together. And so I was standing there minding my own business, and the Lord was trying to help me out. Now, um, some of you, you know, you figured this out. Um, I don't know much about cars. When I was 15, going on 16, my dad helped me get my 72 Dodge Charger, which I would love to have one today. I didn't realize what I had. 
He got a very uncool kid, a very cool car. I guess he was trying to make me cool. And so uh, I started getting some girls wanting to ride after that. Anyway, this is true. Um, anyway, so, but before he would give me the keys, he made me learn to change the oil and the tires. Well, you know, after a few, you know, he taught me and I hated every minute of it. And, um, you know, the oil draining out and getting all over you. And, and so afterwards, I was like, it's good to know, Dad, but, you know, I'm going to make enough money that I'm going to pay somebody to do this. I'm not going to do it. Because he thought it was fun. He enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it. And so um, I know, really, this is what you do with a car. You get the key, and you turn it on, and it goes, <laughs> and you put gas in it, and you take it to the dealership where they change the oil. <laughs> so the Lord, I think he's funny sometimes. Because he said to me, hope is like the regulator. I said, what? Hope is like the regulator on a car. It's like, say what? <laughs> I don't know what a regulator is. Is that I've heard of it. So I Googled it <laughs> right before I came up and talked to you all. And I want to remind you what I discovered. Now, if Google's not exactly right to all you car people, um, the regulator will allow the alternator to make enough power to maintain proper voltage levels. It monitors and controls the process to charge the battery. So your hope keeps your faith at a level to receive from God. It keeps your faith battery charged. And that's why the devil wants to take your hope away from you. Because if he can remove your hope, your battery goes dead. And your faith is not useful. You have to keep your hope, expectation, your joy at a place you can receive. And so your faith is working when your hope is working and you're receiving by love because faith works by love. And so all these three really do work together. So what do you got to do then? I've got to, on purpose, keep my joy level up. I have to keep my expectation up. That's why I remember in James when it said, count it all joy. When the devil comes, because it says diverse temptation. What's the diverse temptation to do? Take you away from your hope. What's it try? He's trying to pull you away. But he said, count it all joy. He didn't say it was joy. He said, count it joy. Why? Because you know that, you know, let pa pa <laughs> patience have her perfect want, uh, perfect work, that you'll be entire and complete, wanting nothing. It, it, when, when stuff comes against you, that's why he tells you all the time to rejoice. Because you're rejoicing in your hope level, because that's what David's saying. He's like, I got all these things and I've cried. I cried day and night. But you know what? I saw you all going to the house of God. I'm going to go with you. And when I got there, then he got, he got kind of got a hold of himself and said, you know what? Why are you disquieted within me? You will hope in God. You will hope in God. You will hope in God. Amen. And so on purpose, we're going to rejoice. Amen. On purpose, we decide we're going to rejoice. On purpose, we rejoice. <laughs> on purpose. 
on prayer. Joy comes in the morning when you decide it comes in the morning. When you decide it comes. In other words, I got all this going on, and you just wipe the last tear away and just decide. Because, see, hope deferred will make your heart sick. But if you're in Bible hope, your hope is not deferred. And it's like a tree of life. So I've always say if I can stay in hope, then, then I got this tree of life working. The life of God is working in me. The devil wants to use time as your enemy, but, but you know what? You, if you believe you got it, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, you'll have them. This is the confidence that I have in him, that if I ask anything according to his will, I know he hears me. If I know he hears me, I know that I have the petitions that I've desired of him. In other words, I've got it. I'm going to stay in joy. I'm going to stay in joy. And when your countenance starts to fall, you better give permission to people around you to kick you, to grab a hold of you, to say, we're not doing that. They love you enough, you know, but if you don't want that, if you want people to leave you alone and let you wallow, you know what wallow means? It's like a pig wallowing in the mud. Nobody wants to get in with you. Come on, you need to have friends. You need to have somebody. Everybody needs four crazy friends. Everybody needs somebody to say, stop that. We don't talk that way. We're not going to act that way. That's not what you believe. Come on, this is what we believe. Amen. Stir you up. And if it makes you mad, good. Hallelujah. Because it'll be a six months or so, you can make them mad. Because the truth of the matter is, we all need help in this. We all need somebody to stir us up, to help us, to guide us. Amen? Everybody needs help. So we, we need to do this, all right? So, the, so um, your countenance, when it gets fallen, and you know when it is, you have to on purpose decide, I, I'm, you know what, I'm, I'm going to stir this up. I, I'm not going to let this happen. Amen. Let's, let's look at this. Jim already looked at it, but let's look at <clears throat> I've just yelled myself happy. First Peter. <laughs> if you only knew how much I needed this too. Hallelujah. I do need it. We all need it. Amen. 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 So, well, you know what? Let's pick up some things back there in Psalms 42 and uh, 43 first. I wrote these down. What we must do is answer it with joy and hope and thanksgiving. So when you feel like crying... And even if you did, you know, I, I wouldn't recommend you waste a day, but what if you did? Or what if you wasted a week or a month? Then today you can make a choice. But you know what? I'm going to turn that around. How am I going to do it? I'm going to do it with joy. I'm going to do it with hope. I'm going to do it with thanksgiving. First he said in Psalms 42, my soul thirsts for the living God. Everybody say that. My soul, my soul. Thirsts, thirsts for the living God. And it talks about with a voice of joy and praise. Everybody say, my voice, my voice is full of joy, full of joy. And, praise. and praise. And then remember, he said this, I remember what you did, God. So one of the things you can do is that one song we sang, the second one. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. You know what? If that's all you got, I'm not going to hell. I'm not going to burn. No teeth are going to be gnashing on me. I'm not going to hell. I'm saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for the new birth. And then you start thinking about it. Thank you, Lord, for the new birth. And then something else might pop up. I'm righteous. I'm righteous. I'm, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God. I'm holy. I, 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 I'm a new creature. 
old things are passed away. You know what? I don't have anything to be hopeless about because that old stuff's passed away. Maybe you're dealing with something that's been dogging you for years. And, you're be, and you see, but if you start with praise, <clears throat> have you ever got to the place, and it does work. You know, you pray, the, help me, Jesus. Anybody? You know, that's a good prayer. But if you really let him help you, he might start telling you what to do. And it might go against your natural way you would want to handle things. Because sometimes you may want him to pet you. But, and some, I mean, you know, sometimes he does that. But I think he's in a poking mood today. Because mm. I've had him say, why do you say that? Why are you thinking that? Why are you believing that? Is that what you really believe? Is that what you really want? I mean, because he'll help you. He'll help you. You might hear him say, why don't you stand up and laugh? Why don't you rejoice? Why don't you jump up and down? That's why I get people, you know, when we're doing jumping songs, at least get up on the balls of your feet. Do something. Well, I don't feel like jumping. We'll, we'll do this. I don't feel like praising. We'll do this. I don't feel like singing. La, la, la. Do something. Things are so loud in here, nobody knows what you sound like anyway. <clears throat> Hallelujah. <laughs> remember. You begin to remember. And that's what he did. He began to remember what the Lord has really done. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Just, just, just go basic. If you're ha- Sometimes when you're having a hard time, you can't think. Just start with, I'm saved. Thank you, Lord, I'm saved. Thank you, Lord, I'm not going to hell, I'm going to heaven. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for caring about me. And then you start going and you start working on that about four or five minutes in. If you really do it and stick with it, you'll be running around the room. Amen. Um, he, he said, um, your song will be with me. Um, I will go to the altar of the Lord, the throne room where the joy is. And so you have to, so those things were found there. And so in 1 Peter, let's go there. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. An inheritance that's incorruptible, undefiled, that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you. And then it talks about the power of God. We're kept by the power of God. The, Holy, the Pentecostals used to call it the keeping power. We are kept by the power of God. I still call it the keeping power. Wherein what? You greatly rejoice. Though now for a season, if it need be. You are in heaviness. What was Paul doing? What was uh, King David doing? He was crying. Night. There's a, there was a season that was tough. Some seasons are a day. Some, some are a week. Some are a month. Unfortunately, it seems like some could even be a year. But during that season, you are in heaviness, manifold temptations. But what are you supposed to do? That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes though it be tried by fire, might be found to praise, honor, and glory, the appearing of Jesus Christ. And then it says this, and having not seen, you love. And in whom though you see him not, you believe. You rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. 
So this tells me no matter what season I'm in, if I want to get through it, I have to rejoice. I'm on purpose going to have joy. Hallelujah. I'm on purpose going to have joy. Um, <clears throat> if you see me laughing a lot in the Holy Ghost, that just means I'm working on something. Sometimes I'm working on something that I don't even know is coming. And then when it comes, I can meet it with joy and faith. Come against I meet it with joy and faith. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's awesome to know that even though the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick, we don't ever have to get to that place. If we'll have Bible hope and keep it in God, then our expectation is in him, and it's like a regulator on a car, and our faith will work, and when we walk in the love of God, we'll be able to receive all the promises of God. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org, check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you, and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.